Hey everybody, welcome back to episode four of the Witness Test Podcast. We've made it four weeks. Yeah, we're here, we're here. So if you're still with us, we appreciate you guys uh, listening the past few weeks if you have. Um, I, I actually think that we may have our first guest on the podcast next week. Nice. Special guest coming into town. Do I know this person? You've never met this person. Alright, do I know who you're talking about? Though? You may know who I'm talking right. about. Is, is he or she related to you? He or she is related to you. Alright, uh, yeah. I'm talking about Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I think that'll be really fun. He'll be into it. Cool. Um, yeah, we'll all have a lot, of, we'll all have a lot to talk about. Uh, so that'll be really fun next week. Uh, but hopefully we have a fun episode for everyone this week too. Yes. We should start by recapping. Um, Myers-Briggs went over pretty well, actually. Um, funny story, we posted our list of what we thought our Barbell Club members were on the whiteboard here, and, um, and then all it took was you going home and sending a link, and it blew up the group chat. Yeah. So everyone's like figuring out who they are. A lot of self-awareness happening. It, it was funny, I was like <laughs> hanging out with college friends, and it was like a brief moment. I actually brought it up at um, lunch with my college friends, and yeah. I was like, somebody actually gave me a, a link for it, like at the uh, at lunch. So I sent out that link to the group, yeah. and then I didn't really have any time to check my phone. I looked back, and I had like 85 missed texts, and everyone <laughs> had their uh, their Myers Briggs personalities, and um, yeah, it was fun. It was good. Yeah, so we got a couple people right. You got Morgan correctly. Um, I yeah. get I get right. I got. I got Kaylin correctly. Um, Kara, none of us got. Kara with K. Um, you got Chelsea correctly. I think, yeah, I think I got, I got Chelsea correctly, yep. Um, we, Justin, we didn't get him right at all. Oh, I got Alina correctly. You got Alina? Yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. None of us got Luke. Luke went way off the deep end with the extrovert. Resolve. Yes. Uh, we didn't believe. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, Luke, I guess I don't know you at all. <laughs> you know, sorry, I've been for a few years. Um, I think none of us got Jose. He's an E. He's an E? Yeah. He's, yeah I thought he was an INTJ. Uh, no? He's an E, man. Ah, uh, man, Jose. So we're, we're close. You're an E. Um, got a couple people right, but it's just been a lot of fun yeah. um, doing Myers Briggs things. I. Um, not to get too far off topic, but I had another managerial training Wednesday. Excellent. Yeah, woo um, Mid-manager mid training, and it was on, uh, we did, well, we actually just talked a bunch about uh, hormones, stress hormones, love hormones, whatever, all these hormones in the body, and like, how long they last, how you act. So the cool thing about this week, we also did this thing called DISC, D-I-S-C. Oh, I know DISC, yeah. You know DISC? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so my DISC is actually funny because <clears throat> my DISC results, I don't remember the exact letters. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to be... I think you're like an I-C. Is there an on E? On the right side, no, there's D-I-S-C. So there's a dominant, um, there's influence. I'm influence. I think you're. Inf I was gonna guess influence on a little bit of this, whatever the bottom right is. I think that's right. I, I know it's influence is strong. The, the four they, the four like people they gave you is like dominance is Donald Trump. Influence was Oprah. Um, down the bottom left was um, Albert Einstein, and down the bottom right was <coughs> down the bottom right was um, Maya. Not, no, it was um, Maya. Mother, Mother, Mother Teresa. So ah. Caring person. So I put you in the caring spectrum, but a little ah. Oprah spectrum. Thanks, man. I was in the Oprah spectrum, spectrum, but close to the Trump spectrum. Sketchy. Yeah. What's, so actually, my my disc profile. Um, I got to do it in college as part of uh, like fraternity executive board. We yeah. got like disc training paid for. Yeah. Um, and my pro my personality type. They use the term entertainer. Okay. For like what my peers saw me as, and I know like I was the dominant right. thing in the top right, as you said. And then, um, but with my family, I got my family to do the assessment. A couple, couple members. I'm like uh, double D dominant. Really? Like really, I'm like the dominator of my family. I think it's uh, I take on this like different role when I'm with my family, and I'm like the decider, and yeah. I'm more impatient, and all That's of these right. other. Uh, Un, like 
negative qualities <laughs> come out. Not necessarily negative. It's just, it's just yeah, but I turn into a little like uh, dictator sometimes. Sweet. Yeah, I get frustrated. Um, one of the cool things we talked about in our training was um, cortisol. You know, yes, stress hormone. Stress hormone. And then uh, it's just been great at work. So the guy, our presenter was real good. He's the ex uh, um, Navy guy. He was like a master chief nine and like 10 is like the elected like political point position. It's the highest you can be. Okay. I didn't want to go elected, so I got as high as I could without doing stuff I didn't want to do. Yeah, got a lot of great stories, but he drew this graph. I'm going to draw it here for you right now of cortisol against productivity or yeah. learning. Have you seen this? No, but I, I can he said, imagine it. It looks like this. Yeah. It's just standard little like upside down horseshoe. And uh, on the bottom left is boredom, right? Yeah. And, and on the far right is anxiety. And so on either one, you, you're not productive at all, but somewhere in the middle, a good amount of cortisol is uh, productivity. So I drew this at work on a whiteboard. I got yeah. a huge whiteboard by my <laughs> desk uh, where me and the logistics manager sit. And uh, we've just been, we've been documenting our like cortisol. <laughs> That's fine. You know, we've been plotting our course on the cortisol scale. Yeah. And so like, where you are, my, my boss comes up, of course, and puts himself on the top in the middle and it's like okay buddy yeah right um but he's he's hilarious and then like um logistics manager was having a terrible thursday so she like erased herself and put her very very high on the anxiety level yeah it's just been funny to do no that's fun that's cool it's all and stuff so well we had a, a, i yeah, just uh, i uh i bought a couple books this week and really? one book i started reading i when i picked up that amazon package from the amazon's pickup <laughs> store yeah. which the amazon pickup store is like really cool is it yeah you go and you have like a code on your phone and you just say like i'm ready to pick up my package and yeah. then within one minute the package is like magically in one of these random lockers and the phone tells you which locker and you just scan the phone that's great and your package is perfectly in there are there drones and things like no that? i think it's really just like a person okay. behind and you know putting like it the in. old mail room yeah <laughs> basically but um you know it's just like really efficient and easy um and no human interaction, and no human interaction. thank goodness <laughs> Um, but one of the books is called, uh, I think, The Five Love Languages, and it's about how people, um, like, how people feel appreciated or how people feel loved, yeah. and we, we each have, like, a native language, yes. and so a lot of times, like, difficulty in, like, just any interpersonal relationships, but especially a loving relationship, like, a, you know, with a partner or... Yeah. Um, potentially with a family member or something like that. A lot of discord and disagreement could be because you you personally aren't feeling loved or the other person isn't feeling loved and they may not feel loved because you are not expressing your appreciation or your love for them in a language that they are fluent in. Right. So there are five different languages and I just I think this is really interesting there are like variety what he calls dialects of each language. Yeah. I've just been like crushing this book. Like, so what are the five languages? So yeah, yeah. The first is um, like basically supportive words, you know, words of affirmation. So telling, saying, I love you, I appreciate you, I appreciate this, I appreciate that. Yeah. And some people need that those words to feel appreciated. Well, and also probably some people are prone to do that, right? It's insane. Well, insane. yeah, so it goes both ways. So like, um, people receive in a certain way and people give in a certain way. The disconnect is when if you receive in a certain way and I give in a different way, we're miscommunicating. I'm speaking English, you're speaking Japanese, and we're, we're talking past each other. Do people um, give and receive always in the same way? Like, so if I, do I always give and receive the same manner, or do I give and expect a different? I don't. I, he doesn't get into that in the book, but I think no. I'm, yeah, we remember that now. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just like learned behavior from childhood. Sure. You know, um, as most, like, most psychological trauma, you know. Like, <laughs> Problems. <laughs> yeah, most psychological stuff is like learned from, from right. childhood, obviously. Um, but no, I think it's been, it's really interesting. So that's the first one. The second one is like action of, um, you know, instead of talking the talk, like the first one is, the second one is like 
acting in a way that shows appreciation. So maybe it, a lot of it's like doing activities together. Yeah. Show you're appreciating by being there, and you know, it it can vary. So some people like need. I think this is me, but like need um, quality conversation. And I need somebody's attention when I'm talking to them. And like if you're if I'm talking to somebody and they are looking away or doing something else or this or that, like it shows to me that they're. Like I interpret it, yeah. Like they're disconnected, and, and it's not. I'm not important to them, or like this conversation isn't important to them. Yeah. The third one is like basically gift giving, or like showing, like giving something that's a physical sign of your affection, okay. um, which is something I am not at all. Like gifts, I'm like indifferent to receiving them, and I realize that I suck at giving them because I'm like different to indifferent to receiving right. them. So I'm like. They don't mean anything to me. Why would they mean anything to anybody else? Right. But they do. That's problems, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, some people that's important. You know, getting yeah. flowers every week or something that shows that you were thinking of them. Right. Um, the fourth one is it's called acts of service. It's basically like stepping up and being there, doing things for the other person. So not necessarily together, but like you know, oh, awesome. you going out of your way to pick up your the laundry or like taking the the garbage out or things like that. Right. Um, and the fifth one, all right, my mind is blanking a little bit. Oh, the fifth, the fifth one is like physical touch and physical affection. Um, some people, that's like the most important way. Grinding. Grinding. <laughs> Getting on. Roger Rabbit. All yeah. Right, so. <laughs> all right, so those are the five love languages and, and it's a great book and it's really easy to read. All right, you guys give me that when you're done. Yeah. I'm gonna rent it through with my library card. <laughs> I'm gonna open the library. <laughs> Should. Yeah. Um, All right. So why? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, the week. Gonna talk about the week real quick. Um, yeah. So uh, was it Monday? Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday. Wait. Game five. Yeah, game five. Wednesday. Whatever day it was. Yeah. Tribe lost. Hilariously, we put out our podcast last week, um, <laughs> like the day after the tribe ate it. Um, I don't know what happened. I saw a lot of people on my feed saying, you know, they just, they cro they crumbled, they croaked, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, choked. Choked. Choked, whatever. Choked and croaked. Choked and croaked, man. But they, they definitely, I don't know what happened. I didn't even watch any of the games in New York. I just assumed they were going to win them. Yeah. Um, game three, and then we lost one thing. I was like, oh, well, we'll win game four, and then we didn't, and I was nervous. So I watched game five, clues. All over the place. Yeah, he was not hitting targets. The ball was moving great. I mean, he struck out. He had like two strikeouts per inning. Yeah, like, I think he had like nine or something. Yeah, like something stupid. But you know, a lot of times when people are going, it, it, it looked like he was going for strikeouts. Yeah, you know, and not going out there to win. Um, maybe get a couple ground balls and pop ups. But like the guy is um, that was weird. The guy is uh, you know like technician with a ton of movement but he was not hitting and speaking of not hitting we weren't hitting yeah I mean CC looked like Cleveland was CC of old CC, yeah. yeah I mean he was wheeling and dealing and it has to be you know to go come back to a place that you spent a lot of your career this has to be like home away from home for him like I mean, being up there in a yeah. different uniform can become a change he's pitched on that mound a lot so I mean he looked like he's done that yeah he's, he kind of murdered us for what four or five innings. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't really have much to add. I think it was just a lot of expectations. The team felt the pressure. They were Definitely. a great team, you know, killing it all of August and September, and you know, just didn't. The kind of choked under pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, there really is no way to to get around that. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, bummer, I guess. Yeah, There's always next year. The um, <laughs> phrase we're used to saying in Cleveland. So, other than that, um, my week was good. I actually rewrote my program. This is my highlight of the week. On Monday, I'm swamped. I've got like four, four or five programs to write right now. Jose, some a little bit of injury, wound mm -hmm. prevention, and strength stuff. Um, Karen and Caitlin are doing similar things, but they're not priming for this meet, so they're doing something different than everybody. But they also have very different needs. Um, Kayla needs to pull a lot more. Kara needs to squat a lot um, and still work on the lifts a little more, I think. 
And then we've got the group, which is priming for the meet, and then we've got me, which I like to think about every once in a while, which I do. And uh, I spent the last like five weeks just trying to like squat and pull and not really snatch and clean and jerk. And then yeah. Saturdays, I kind of like got dabbled a little bit in the lifts. Uh, this week, I wrote, we wrote my program to do three things a day. I'm squatting, I'm doing a complex of lifts, which includes pulls, yep. so I can kind of two for one. And I may do the other lift, or I may do um, some sort of like accessory work, snatch grip, push press, or something that I think I need. I snatch balances, um, I put back in my program. We actually maxed it about. I didn't show you the video, I hit 130. Nice! And then I got under 137, couldn't stand up. Ah, so 300 pounds. I know! I was pretty stoked. Um, Caitlin ended up snatch balancing 91, 200 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it got a little sketchy at the top. But, um, uh, yeah, so we just we just decided we were going to snatch balance for an hour. Meanwhile, the Indians were losing or something. So yeah. That was my week. The Indians and uh, getting back in the left in a little bit. Nice. How about you? Ah. Deload. Deload. Should is, we talk about it now? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, so I've been feeling like just really like beat up from the gym. I think work has been like a bear at the same time, especially not this past week, but like the two or three weeks leading up to it. Um, yeah, work was a bear. The gym was tough. Um, just had a lot on my plate. And yeah, so this week was deload, which means we're like backing off really significantly. Um, <clears throat> you know, yesterday, like the, the lifts were at 50%. So it's like, it's light, you're supposed to move fast, you're supposed to feel good. <clears throat> and I've been feeling great this week. Like I really needed it. I feel like I a lot of, got a lot out of it. And I'm actually feeling like <clears throat> more confident for, for the upcoming two weeks here. I've, I've watched you for like, not last week, but the week before at the end. I remember you like, I don't feel good from the floor. Oh, this hurts, that hurts. And I was like, shit, man, this guy needs to look bad. Like, we gotta do another week of programming. So I, I kind of let you shit for a week. And um, other people too, you know, Morgan um, didn't look as um, as worn out, but I mean, you know, you need it. You know, she's too early in her career to know she needs to be yeah. until she gets one. And she's like, wow, I need that. Um, as well, so a couple of people needed deload. I um, the theory behind deload, the way I use it is, um, I go I, in my head. I have this battle between strict cyclical programming and um, more linear um, non-cyclical programming. And um, you know, I think tra traditionalists probably didn't do cycles as much, mm -hmm. like old school guys. Um, new school guys definitely cycle. I think it's like a bodybuilding thing. For sure, um, powerlifting probably uses it a lot. But as far as weightlifting goes, you know, there's people out there that think you just need snatch clean jerk all day and squat, maybe pull just every day and kind of just you know linear it. But um, I like to do, I really like to do six week programs where you get five weeks of work and then a one week deload. Yeah, I really find a lot of value in that. Um, when I do that, I like to give people more volume, so like more volume, less intensity. You know what I mean? Because a lot of that builds a little bit more muscle and connective tissue, and I think we can all stand to get that. When you go, when you start to like pump the weights up, like we had been, you know, doing three rep maxes, two rep maxes frequently, that's when the deloads need to be a little more frequent. Yeah. Um, I should point out there's other people out there who want to program like light, heavy days throughout the week. Mm, interesting. Um, which that's I guess it's more traditionalist than like non cyclical. Yeah, linear. It's cyclical within a day. You know what I mean? Two days on, one day off, or like one day moderate or something. But um, yeah, so I'm pushing, uh, we, we pushed the deload out this week, and I like deload week. It's hilarious to watch people recover. I mean, you came back by like Wednesday, and me and Justin were looking at you like, just kind of back to life. Yeah. And like, you, you know, you look like a dead person walking around for like a week. Yeah. Know? And then like Wednesday, you started to look like you had some soul, like color back in. I, I, I did a lift, and I was like, I feel like I could actually, yeah, like I have some juice. I think yeah. that's, that's the term I use. So, um, so deload's good. You know, the funny thing about deload is I can't wait till next week. Well, today actually we're gonna max, and um, oh man, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to, to get back into it. Trip is uh, clean the floor for all of our listeners out there. Um, so sorry for missing that. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, week after Devo, I almost always see it bad. Yeah, all my numbers tend to be fun. I'm ready for it. I think I'm, I'm really like mentally prepared for the next two weeks. I have, um, both Morgan and I were prepping for this meet. We talked about like our goals for the week and how we're going to like um, kind of prioritize uh, lifting, how we're going to focus and what we're going to focus on. So I feel like I'm ready to go. I know I'm going to feel like shit this next, this next week, but um, I'm like, I'm confident in the process, at least here from the outset. Sure. Yeah, the peak week is, is always a lot of fun. The, the bright thing is, is you only got two weeks here of peak work to do. So um, this, this coming week will we'll max and we'll be feeling like dog crap. And then the week after, we'll start to taper off and real quick we'll be able to come back. Yeah. So not like Demo where it took like Wednesday, Thursday. Usually by Monday or Tuesday, Peak week of meat week, you'll feel like you'll be itching the left. John Connell, you know, you gotta lift 75. You gotta do what I tell you. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> uh, it, but that'll be fun. So we're two weeks out from the meet. Um, and I'm so weird. I feel like I was talking about the music today. Yeah. Starkless came out. Yep. Morgan and Karen this day night on Saturday. Cool. Sweet. So <laughs> bright early. And then we've got uh, like 30 hours to leave. Yeah. So Saturday, you probably get some food, and thankfully you're well underway, so you can eat whatever. Um, yeah. You can't drink. You probably shouldn't drink. Um, so the public people are being twisted. Oh no, yeah, right. I'll let them do that. <laughs> you have to let others part of it. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm stoked for the meet. Me too. It's be a lot of fun. There's some big, big names down there. Holly Bengals part of it. Holly Bengals. This guy, um, I think his name is Colin Warren. Yeah, I looked him up. He lifted well. He lifted at the uh, Detroit meet that we were at. Okay, right around. It's not no, 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 Detroit in January. Got it, got it. Yeah, Is he from Michigan? He is, yeah. He used to lift with uh, Matt Lee. Yeah. Which, like, um, I was crazy because, like, right after that meet, he started following up Matt Lee's program. And it had those elevated hit for us, like, like from the bar. Yeah. And uh, we Googled it. And the funniest thing is, it's this guy who I just competed against demonstrating yeah. for, for Mash Mafia or whatever. So, yeah, um, he snatched, I think, 140 yeah. in front of me and injured in the 70s. I saw he's, uh, I, I was looking at like some of the best people participating and like Googling him a bit. And I saw he's uh he's lifting in the 94 as a 94 oh, he speed, okay. but he's he's really an 85. He's yeah. like having a you know, training. He, you know, it is interesting to see these people who are like at the top top and these see the local leagues. Um, when I, I'm standing next to this guy, I think he's taller than me, mm -hmm. but he's an 85 and he looks massive. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, I need to get my life together physically, but um, just in general, like, you can tell the guys who are like, you know, they spend a lot of time doing this. Yeah. They're built differently, you know. Really, when you want to get to that top, the higher levels, you get things like nutrition really come into play. I actually get no good with my caramel macchiato here on <laughs> Saturday morning. This one's not iced, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see these people. So it'll be cool to, to see like where everything falls. And you are actually at the bottom of your session, which I did not expect, and I've never managed. Thankfully, the guy in front of you is only three kilos higher than total. Yeah. So what that means is you may do more than what you look at first. Yep. And you might look first and you know. Hey. Um, hopefully you don't have to follow yourself. That's that always is like. And I, you know, you know I put like a, I didn't put like I put a couple kilos lower than the sum of my PRs. Yeah. So you know, I I, I was definitely like being accurate, and I this is my first competition, so I don't have a total really. Right. Um, but. You know, I'll be right around where I put on that on the registration. Yep, you're um, and like the the highest entry total of the I'm in the A group, the highest entry total of the B group is seven kilos lower than what I put it on the on the sheet. And I'm pretty sure I'll beat that. So I feel like I'm in the right place. You know, like yeah. I was honest and I got put where I should be. But it will be interesting to be you know the lightest guy in. in the session and starting off both lists first possibly. Right, right. And that's the other interesting thing is that you're probably legit 77 and so lifting as an 85 is the first thing you're going to do. Yeah. Um, just 
you're taking notes and after it's all said and done, yeah. so it's kind of a piece Yep. So, um, okay, what else do you want to talk about? Should we get a song of the week now? Should we talk um, our boy up there? Uh, let's let's go to song of the week. Okay. I think everyone's everyone's ready for song of the week. All right. We'll give Triv some time to clean the floor a little bit more. Yeah. And, yeah it is <laughs> All right. So, um, song of the week. I'm gonna borrow your phone here. You have to like load me up with Spotify. Yeah. Um, my song of the week is going to be a, a very 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 old song. Um, I have to find it. Um, so I grew up. Um, I grew up in the 80s, and my father um, grew up in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, so he was born in 56. Uh, yeah. Like my dad. Holy shit, did you have this conversation? No, my mom. Did you just guess that? No, I just guessed it because that's what my parents were. Okay, yeah, he was born in 56. My mom was born in 54. Um, and uh, he, he's definitely a hippie, still is, was, and still is. And uh, I spent a lot of time listening. He listened to a lot of music growing up, and like, I think I got my my mother was in like choir, like yeah. singing angels choir, like so like she was a she is a very good singer, but definitely like the strict more church choir route. Uh -huh. My father, on the other hand, is much more um, like just you know probably discovered music on his own. He's a, a I S. TP, by the way, which is like the explorer type. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's my dad's JT. He's yeah. always out in the woods trying to do some wild shit. Uh, trying to get me to go ice climbing in the winter. Oh, nice. Which we should do. Should oh, I, a bunch of the rock climbers I, I was climbing with were like, you gotta try ice climbing. It's like the best. <laughs> it's it looks really insane. Fun. It's a lot of fun. Okay. We love to do it. So, anyhow, um, so yeah, he, he's definitely out there. Uh, but this song is um, Own Brothers. Nice. And it's the Whipping Post, which is like probably one of the biggest songs. So I'll play it now. We got a little number from our first album we're going to do for you. Barry starts her up.
Alright everyone, we're uh <laughs> we've relocated to the sidewalk. <laughs> While the song of the week was playing, yeah, we went we went outside. Triv uh Triv is cleaning the floor, which is cool. Yeah, so uh, that's like again one of my favorite songs I remember growing up listening to that and mm -hmm. I listen to it now every once in a while I feel like um, a little nostalgic but that that type of music is just is, I just like it yeah just, just growing up with it so yeah um, one thing one side note I'll say for all the listeners out there you're killing this breakfast life right <laughs> sweater went to a deli this morning and brought me corned beef holy cow Jake's Deli. Jake's Deli. Downtown Public Square. Oh man, that was delicious. Good morning. Um, wasn't too wasn't too massive. It wasn't like the slime in size. No. But um, plenty of food. Fucking corned beef, Swiss cheese, mustard, and mustard. side of dipping sauce. Yeah. Uh, barbecue. Dipping barbecue. Sauce. Yeah. Barbecue yeah. sauce. So, um, so yes, that's my song of the week. Um, speaking of music. Yeah. So uh, Eminem, uh, what? Let's preface this BET thing. Uh, was this like the Hip Hop Award? Something like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they, something like that. Because they've done ciphers before, where M like usually comes on and shits on everybody. Yeah. Um, so he did it again this time. Very political, extra political, um, anti-Trump uh, rap. I listened to it once. I listened to it once too. What are your thoughts? Um, I. Don't think it's as good as Mosh. Okay. I think, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was good. It was it definitely got people's attention. Yes. It's interesting. I mean, you know, I've been an Eminem fan for a while now. I remember Mosh. I was at a more impressionable age back then. Sure. Um, you know, that song was very political too, and for me at the time, it felt like. Um, it felt more specific, right? Like, I think this is in the line of that, but that one was like, this, like, you've lied to us about this war, we're not going, yeah. we, like, are against this war. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting. What, what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I think, so, coming from a little different perspective... I compared this to like his other um, ciphers. Okay. And I was like, meh, it's okay. Um, I mean, his again, this was clearly a statement. It's more like prose yeah. than rap. Yeah. It's more like a, a column in a news article than like bars. That's what I felt about yeah. it. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, you know, from my perspective, I appreciate what, what he's doing. But at the same time, I just, you know, I want to hear, like, oh, my God, what the fuck did he say? Like, I want to hear stupid bars. Like, I, I, uh, I'm i a big Joe Budden fan. Joe Budden's yeah. under M, right? He's still kind of part of Slaughterhouse. I don't know what the hell's going on with Slaughterhouse. I think Slaughterhouse has disbanded officially. Okay. So, yeah, he says he's retired. But he said on his last album he put out, he said this crazy fucking line. And, excuse me, it took me... It took me maybe like six months to get. He said, and I, I just didn't hear it clearly enough, and then it never came up to me. He said, I got issues. Weed and vodka will settle some. Now, ain't that the pot calling the kettle one? So, like, pot, weed, kettle, kettle one. Yeah. I was like, so, like, when he said that shit, I was like, oh, man. So, like, I want to hear shit like that. This is going to blow my mind. Yeah. And, like, have me, like, oh, shit later. And, like, I, even outright bars that you get right away. That's what I want to hear. And M's really good at that. Yep. Um, so, eh, on the actual... That's what I... You know, I'm, I'm never going to listen to it again. Like... I probably... I might listen to it again. But once would be it. And I'd really listen to it this time. Like, I, I get it. Fuck Trump. Yeah. Right. That was the message. We got it. We're all on board already. You know, for the most part. And yeah, right. Like... Yeah. You know, I don't know. It, uh... It was fine. I didn't. I wasn't as enthusiastic about it as I feel like the general reaction was. Right. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, he's still one of the goats, and he came out of nowhere with this. You know, just a, it's, there's a lot of other things going into it besides. If you were to just look at what he said 
and this delivery, and that's it. You'd probably, yeah, you'd feel how we feel. Yeah. Just kind of like I think you can get into interesting, like an interesting conversation if you look at him in his earlier career. Yes. And like his own misogyny. Oh, yeah. His own, um, you know, like, I don't know what the the Venn diagram looks like between like people that grew up listening to Eminem and their political leanings, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are people that grew up listening to Eminem that are now Donald Trump fans. Well, that's why he had to address that. He did address that. He's like, if you're a fan and you support him, and, you know, fuck you or whatever. Sure, yeah. But, but like, not a, nobody else has to do that. And maybe it's just because he's white, but at the same time, yeah, I totally agree. As soon as it started, I was like, you know, wait. You know, you kind of were really outrageous. For like, like 10 years. And not only not <laughs> only for a long time, but that was his thing. Yeah. To be very outrageous in this way. I mean, he had songs where he like basically killed his girl. Like, killed his mom, killed yeah, his girl. All this like, crazy shit. And now, you know, I don't know. Now, he was never like a racist on... Um, in music, so maybe that's his yeah, problem. Yeah, and uh, I think it's Yellow Brick Road. He tells the story of when he was coming up, and he he used the N word, yeah. and he got in trouble for it, and yeah. he never did it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, it is interesting to talk about that that kind of point. They're like, it's ironic or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That he's. But I mean, you know, he is like forty five now, so yeah. it's okay to like grow up, it even is. if you're a rapper. That's true. Even if you're a rapper, it's okay. So, um, so I guess that's that's like the big pop political news this week, right? Yeah. Has Trump said anything back? <laughs> I want them to battle. I want them to battle. Eight Mile. <laughs> yeah, Eight Mile Straight style. Eight Mile. <laughs> Go to Eight Mile. I want them to be rabbit. Yeah, be rabbit versus D Trump. Yeah, DJ Trump. So. Um, yeah. No, yeah. So that's that's Eminem, and uh, so we'll touch on it. We're. Uh, you know, it was middle of the week this week, and I reached out to the Barbell Club, and I was like, hey, anybody, I was jonesing, anybody right. trying to play some board games this weekend? Yes. And, and you just replied to my weekly programming email that has yeah. everybody on it. The subject is deload. I now have like 26 emails. Yeah. And you were like the first reply, and all 24 or whatever followed that, so. <laughs> yeah, people, uh, people are excited about it, so we're setting up a little uh, board game night at John's Place tonight. Yep. Uh, gonna have some food, drinks, board games. I think we'll be like kind of classy, you know what I mean? Like a classy adult get together. Yeah. Except board games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go home, make sure the place is clean and whatnot. Actually, I'm probably gonna do some fall stuff throughout the day. Um, I, the kids are out of town, so I'm just gonna like enjoy my Saturday, which I never get. So, but I'll make sure the apartment is nice and um, put some decorations up. Yeah. You know, make sure it smells good. Um, so what kind of games do you like? Okay, uh, all right. I know you mentioned Taboo on last week's episode. I, yeah, Taboo. I don't own it, by the way. Um, Josh does. In fact, I don't even know what games I have in the house. I, I think I have a deck of cards. Um, spades. I want to play Spades. That's not really a board game, though. Yeah. So we'll no, probably, but it could... It's an option. It's a back backdoor sleeper. It's a sleeper option. Yeah. Um, I think um, um, I like Monopoly. If Josh wants to play Monopoly and everyone wants to play, I may sit it out though because he's he's impossible to play with. Have you played with him? I have never. He is impossible to play with. Like right now, as soon as this podcast finishes, because we just can't have maybe knowing, you and I should plot to beat him. Okay. It's gonna take okay. two of us. The guy will auction. He will he will loan everything out at the first sign of like catastrophe. Like he'll go way in the red. Ah. He'll just start mortgaging. He'll it. mortgage everything. He might, yeah, it's, it's mortgage. mortgage. He mortgages all the properties, <clears throat> and then all he had, and he'll have like apartments and houses on one thing. Yeah, and everything else will be mortgaged. That's how I play. Oh my god, <laughs> Because you have to, you, you have to, you're not gonna win by getting small chunks back. The only way to win is by getting. Massive. Investing all in one place and getting a huge return because yeah. the scale—it's not linear. It's, it's not, not like one house, two houses is not twice the twice as good as one house. It's like four times as good. Yeah, he'll get like Baltic Avenue and just load it up. Yeah, and load it up. Do a fucking land on Baltic, <laughs> and then he and then everything's off mortgage and there's apartments everywhere. Yeah, and I, I have—I <laughs> used to be a real Monopoly guy. Okay, like I, when I was like teenage, you know, preteen, 
I loved Monopoly. Yep. My uh, my favorite Monopoly move is I'll make these like contingent trades. Okay. Like these trades with options. Yeah. I'll be Smart. like, um, all right, well you give me this now and if I land on this or this, then I have to immediately buy it and give it directly to you. Wow. Like, I'll, I'll think of these, like, convoluted trades just to get what I want. All right. I'm not playing with either of you. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll play. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, I, what's your favorite Monopoly piece? Oh. Are you the hat? The I, dog? I was the hat. You were the hat? Yeah. I think I was the battleship. Isn't there, like, a ship? There is a ship, yeah. I think I'm the ship. Yeah. I was the hat, but I've been the uh, money bag recently. Okay. Yeah. A newer piece, actually. It's yeah. not an original piece. Right, 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 right. Um... I'm a big Settlers fan. Oh, I love Settlers. I've been getting into it recently. It's so good. Yeah, my um, my cousin's extremely into board games. In fact, I should probably invite him. Yeah. Um, I think they're having a kid any minute now, so it probably won't come. Um, but uh, he's he owns like Settlers and four expansions. Yeah, he, Wayfair, a Seafarer game, I think. Yeah, he okay. owns a bunch of what's another one he's got? Um, Risk. Of course, Risk. He's got um, this game called Power Grid. Uh, Puerto Rico, which is extremely racist but fun. Yeah, I was telling you guys last week. It's where you're like, all you're doing is trying to get resources like sugar, um, grain, and whatever. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you've got slaves essentially you that, are, that are brown, and it's like fucked up. So it's it's really kind of messed up. Um, what other games does he have? Yeah, I'm into I'm into pretty much. Any board game as an adult becomes immediately fun because strategy is hilarious. Yeah. And I uh, like those trades. Like, that's, like, ridiculous. But that does make it fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a great time tonight. I've got one table, which we could probably fit six around. It's round. And I've got a... I'll probably get another one from here, I think. That'll be, like, a rectangular table, which will put, like, couches and everything in the living room mm -hmm. around. So we'll have two at least tables going. And uh, Cool. I think there's going to be a... Uh so this is how I think the divide is going to be. I think there are people, like, it sounds like you and me and Josh, who are, like, strategy game people. Oh, I'm not. No, you're not? No, I'm, I'm shitty. And I, I, my strategy is, is, like, first of all, being, a, being an NF, um, I'm very hard on my sleeve. So you see me coming a mile away. <laughs> my strategy is not deep. Okay. And it's like there's one level to it. Yeah. So, yeah, no. I, I enjoy it, and I think I could do it, but I never do Oh, interesting. I just resort. That's why I like spades. I'm definitely a strategy guy, and uh, I am not a... My hot take on board games is I am not a Cards Against Humanity guy. Yep. I yep. cannot play Cards Against Humanity. I don't enjoy it. And people are like, why? It's just, like, fun. And I'm like... I would rather have a conversation with people. Yeah, like, yeah I'm not a big Cards Against Humanity person. Um, you know, I'd rather play Balderdash. Have you ever played Balderdash? No. Super fun game. Yeah. There's a Balderdash and there's like a reverse version that I'm forgetting the name of. Okay. Um, but Balderdash basically, there's like a title of something or like a word that you don't know but is a real word and it's like come up with your own definition of the word. Oh, okay. And it's somebody's turn, and they have to guess. One Based of them on your is definition. one of them is going to be the real definition, and the others are going to be definitions that people come up with or explanations of what it is. Yeah. And they have to pick what they think the real definition is. Oh wow! After people write it all down. Um. And so yeah, they. Uh, you know, it's fun because it's like to me. People are like, Cards Against Humanity is like, you know, it's fun and creative, but like, I don't feel like it's very creative because the cards are already written out for you. Like, you're not coming up with right, anything your right. own. I feel like Balderdash, you get to like come up with a funny explanation for sure. this word. And uh, a lot of times the things that they're talking about like are funny. So it's, it's interesting to like come up with the definition. Um, I don't know. I think it's a great game. Sure. Yeah. All right. So... What else do we have to cover? We've got board game night. We're two weeks out from the meet. Two weeks out. Um, we talked about deload and programming a little bit. Yeah. Um, is that it? What'd you do last night? <laughs> what do you think I did? <laughs> the views? I went to Cedar Point. Yeah. All weekends. Nice. Um, actually, uh, I renewed my membership, so I got a fast pass. Not the same as a fright pass. Fast pass for scary. the roller coasters. Okay. Not scary at all. Well, but um, you get to you get to the front line of roller coasters. So 
We rode uh, Maverick twice. In the front, first time ever riding in the front of Maverick. Yeah. You didn't go on that, did you, when we went? Thank goodness. Yeah, that that's the best. Sitting in the front of that is life-changing. Life yeah. In a very good way. So, the first time we did it, uh, Caitlin and I looked at each other like, oh my god, we haven't been living life. <laughs> and uh, then we, we rode it again, it was, oh, it was a lot of fun. Nice. So, you know, it's a, it was a good, um, like, 60-degree night. Clear yeah. skies. It was a great night to be outside. That's one of the cool things about going to see a place. You get to be outside. It's like very spooky. Yeah. You know, it's just a really cool atmosphere. Nice. So we spent a lot of time walking, actually. You know what I mean? Just BS about whatever. We talked about um, Barbell Club a little bit. So trying to figure out what's going on with everything, our plans. What about you? Oh, early night for me. Early night? Really early night. How early? <coughs> Went to the gym, got Chipotle, and was in bed around in bed around 9:20. Probably went to sleep around like 9:45. Really, that fast, huh? Well, I think I ran a little bit and crash. Yeah. Nice. I uh, yeah, I was I was exhausted. Didn't sleep well the night before, so and we went to you know Morgan and I came to the gym last night, yep. so got a good session in and um, was ready. Really excited to like lift today, Saturday morning. So max in the day. It's all, it's always fun to max. Everyone's gonna max. Max, max, max. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll probably max every day next week in the singles. Cool. Yeah, one either both one or both lifts. Um, we may have like a Thursday rest or something, but otherwise we're gonna push it. Yeah. So. I'll have to get my uh, the playoffs for my tennis league start this week. Yes. Um, oh yeah, you told me Thursday, so you're. In the I played of like the match of my life on yeah. Thursday, middle of the deload, body's recovering. I played this guy, um, his game. He had a huge serve, big hitter, but um, I don't know. I was like well rested. I was seeing the ball well, and got everything back, and really just like crushed him in an hour. Really. Um, he was at the end he was like you were like moving me around like there was nothing I could do like yeah. you were just driving me off the court like running me into the nice. fence and running me into the other court and like that's awesome I was I felt like I, I had this long hair now and it was getting really sweaty and seeing it out and it was like going into my eyes and like it would whip back when I would hit I felt <laughs> like like a fat like an old Andre Agassi. Andre Agassi, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was cool. It was, I was having a good time but I I was thinking this was really like the match of my life and I was thinking, well, like, what about this match was different than earlier matches? And yeah. how can I, like, take some lessons away yeah. from the court? Um, one thing was, like, I was not in a rush. If there's somebody that I think I should beat, I want to, like, dominate them. Yeah. And if I try to dominate somebody rather than, like, play the game correctly. Can come to you. Yeah, if I try to dominate them, I'll just, like, go for too much too soon. And I'll, I'll make mistakes that I really shouldn't make. Um... I'll rush through things so I think taking my time on every point and with the match as a whole and not like have a goal a score or something like that yeah um, is important and something I can like use in other areas and life in you can life. use that theory of life yeah right like you just gotta do what you gotta do and if you do your best like the outcome is gonna be good so just like right. don't try to rush it you know um and also, like, I, I called my mom, had a great conversation with my mom right before my match. I was, like, feeling good. How far um, can you take tennis? For me? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, when's the last time you lost? You know, so I'm 22 and 3 this year yeah. for the whole season, which is, like, unheard of for me. Yeah. Um, well, I have that tournament in December. Oh, that's right. I'm going right. to Miami in yeah, December Florida. for, like, a year-end tournament. Um, Oh, I mean, if, if I got really into it, I could play, like, USDA, which is the United States Tennis Association. They run, like, leagues, and uh, those leagues eventually, like, funnel up into a, you know, like, year-end tournament and things yeah. like that. But, I mean, I can't take it anywhere that I'm, like... Paid? I can't take it anywhere that I'm paid. I'm, not, right. I'm not nearly that good. All right. Yeah. I'm just, like... I'm just, like... You know, a good adult tennis player. But you're still getting better, though. I'm still getting better, yeah, for sure. So, though most of my getting better is coming from changes in like attitude and my ability to focus. Okay. 
and I, I've noticed this before, like when I was a teenager, I'd play like old, what I thought were like old men, you know, men in their like 30s and 40s and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fast and I'm strong and I'm hitting it hard and they're kicking my ass, <laughs> you know? And it's just because they know how to play. Yeah. I think there's there's a maturing process, process, especially for men, male tennis players, where they have to learn to like channel their aggression right. and learn to be patient. Um, which is why you see, like, I mean, for the most part, like Roger Federer didn't win immediately. He had to. He struggled really bad for us. He had a huge anger problem when he was coming up. Okay. And then now we know him as like this, like incredibly gracious and like, you know, kind of down to earth guy. Um, so it takes some time to develop, especially for men. Um, so I, I think I'm in that process right now. Cool. So anyway. Great episode today, beautiful Saturday. I know, it's nice to do this outside. We should do remote look more often. Yeah. Maybe we do it at like one of these delis next time. Yeah, we'll go to Public Square. Yeah. Set up for there. That'll All be right. fun. Alright, well, thanks for listening everyone. It's definitely lit. It's definitely lit. It's definitely lit. Ring out the past.